Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone comes from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock 
and our Redeemer. Amen. I read a story years ago that painted a verbal picture of both heaven and hell. I don't know who wrote it, but it certainly made me think about heaven and the possibility of heaven on earth. Joe was a great guy, trustworthy and a faithful servant of the Lord. When he arrived at the pearly gates of heaven, he was greeted warmly by St. Peter. He was shown the beautiful place that had been prepared for him. While looking around, Joe heard in the distance the exuberant sounds of a huge celebration. When he got to the source, he discovered that it was a banquet. The table was overflowing with delicacies of meat and vegetables and fruits and breads and desserts. The diners were happily eating everything in sight while laughing and joking with each other. One oddity caught his attention. Everyone at the table had arms that were six feet long, but no elbows. He wondered how they managed to get the food to their mouths, and yet it was a joyous celebration. Joe was delighted, but being a curious soul, he wanted to see hell. Now between heaven and hell is a chasm, which is a deep abyss or canyon, and its purpose is to separate. St. Peter obliged, and they crossed the chasm into the pit of hell. There, Joe was shocked to see once again a banquet table covered with a feast of food resembling the one in heaven. He noticed that everyone at the table also had arms that were six feet long with no elbows. But the atmosphere was night and day different. In hell, the air was filled with grumbling and frustration as the people tried frantically to get the food to their mouth. Without elbows, they could not, so they were starving. What is the deal, Joe says to St. Peter? 
Both places have a banquet feast. Everyone has arms six feet long with no elbows. But those in heaven have full stomachs. St. Peter replied, Joe, in hell, people only seek to feed themselves. In heaven, people reach across the table and feed each other. Our gospel lesson about the rich man and Lazarus touches a tender spot with most of us. It's a story in two scenes, one on earth and the other in the afterlife. This parable gives us a powerful perspective that is based on our life response to God. Surprisingly, it is not a story condemning wealth and praising poverty. The man certainly was rich and clothed in purple and fine linen and, and feasted sumptuously every day. But poor Lazarus, his poverty was so great that his clothing could not even cover his ulcerated body. His sores were licked by the tongues of dogs who waited anxiously for his death to provide a meal for them. Not all beggars are faith-living people, but Lazarus seemed to be since he ended up in the bosom of Abraham an ancient Jewish term for heaven. We raise the question, is wealth a sin? And according to our parable, this was not the sin of the rich man. He was not consciously cruel, but he was carelessly heartless and morally blind. He had lost the sense of the presence and the grace of God. His only concern was that poverty would not happen to him. He did not care to consider the life or others beyond his own well-being, he was neglectful of others. And that is the issue at hand. Were we to assess our own resources, we would have to admit that we are people whose lives are normally very comfortable. While we do not swim in the crystal blue waters of the Riviera or dine on caviar, pheasant, and lobster 
on a regular basis. We do have food for three meals a day, own at least one car, and are protected from the cold and the heat by having a roof over our heads. As Jesus talks about God's kingdom, his words make us uncomfortable about earthly reversal. The last will be first, and the first will be last. He who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Love your enemies and be good to those who persecute you. Our culture in the States is one that celebrates wealth and luxuries. The perfect example is a TV show that ran from 1984 to 1995 called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Its host was British-born journalist Robin Leach. It featured celebrity mansions, lavish cars, and lifestyles that were out of touch with what most of us were accustomed to. Sometimes during the show, one of my daughters would run into the kitchen and get a spoon. She'd get it out of the drawer and she would pretend to be Robin Leach, complete with British accent and, and mannerisms. And she would extol the virtue of something in our house. Well, once the item was our ordinary kitchen blinds. But when she ended up describing them, they were made of special diamond plastic. <laughs> the show featured and celebrated the wasteful extravagance of abundant lavishness. I need to add that the lifestyles of the rich and famous also had its critics. They would say that the show only magnified the apathy of the mega rich at a time when most people were having a hard time just trying to make ends meet. So to stifle his critics, Leach once musingly commented, and I quote, nobody would watch a show called Lifestyles of the Poor and Unknown. And I would say he's right. When I look deeply into this parable of the rich man and Lazarus, there is one idea that strikes sharply at my heart is that Jesus is not as concerned with all who have wealth, but with what is done with that wealth in relation to our poor neighbors who have neither, neither adequate food or shelter. For in this world, as it is now, 
We are the rich man's brothers. And those in poverty-stricken countries are the modern-day Lazarus. As Christians, we get caught in the ups and downs of life. We often think what heaven may be like, and yet life and heaven are strongly related. In this parable, Christ gives humanity and dignity to the person the world would prefer to not even give a second thought. Although we cannot control or respond to everything, it is clear that Christ is calling us to alleviate the suffering of our neighbor in need. In other words, to be rich toward God. What kind of world do we help create when we either care for others or neglect others? Perhaps that is the very difference between heaven and hell. Do we wish for a lifestyle similar to the ones on lifestyles of the rich and famous? Or do we wish for a world where there is a bridge between the rich and the poor? For us, there is a bridge between life and death. And that is Jesus Christ, our Savior. That bridge is called love. And out of love, Christ built that bridge so that we might be saved. He has showered us with love, with abundant love. In Christ, we have the true riches of grace. Instead of focusing our lives on champagne wishes and caviar dream, let us all strive for Christ-like wishes and loaves and fishes dreams. Amen.